All right, so what did Joe Madden say again about again? the Angels and about Perry Manassian? We'll get into that. The Angels' attendance was under 3 million people for the first time since 2002. We'll tell you why. And would the Angels be competitive in today's playoffs? One of us says yes, and the other one says no. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. You're tuned in where it's daily, Monday through Friday, coverage of your favorite team, the number one Angels podcast, Michael. Oh, yeah. And that's all because of our listeners and our viewers on YouTube, so we greatly appreciate you. And what would it be without more news about (laughs) our Halos, even though they're done playing games, Yes. even though they're done they're not in the playoffs. There's still stuff to talk about. Yes. And that's because the news never stops, Michael. <laughs> with, with this team, it doesn't, which is why we're glad that you're here, because the yes. offseason is going to be a huge news-filled offseason, including, right. if Joe Madden keeps opening up his mouth, including Joe <laughs> Madden, who is trying to sell books. Listen, I know he's trying to sell books, but got a book to sell. let's talk about Joe Madden and what he said again about the Angels. He talked about how uh, he got fired, right? And he shared a bit of news, a little nugget from his book on the day that he got fired. They'd had previous mm-hmm. conversations, him and Perry Manassian, about his coaching staff. And Joe said that Perry came to him and said, hey, buddy, I think it's time to maybe make some moves on the coaching staff. Let's make some right. fires. So side note, that's good news that he sees that Jeremy Reed is not doing his job. All right, back <laughs> <Yeah>. on track. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, right. th- I- I'm glad that Manassian sees that. And so Joe actually responded, Johnny. He said, no, you can't. You can't do that. You can't say that. And so he he told him, we're not, we're not going in that direction. He said, they're good at what they do. It's not the answer. And then eventually Perry came to Joe's house and they had a conversation and Perry said, Joe, I'm going to have to let you go. And Joe said, I didn't mm-hmm. overreact. I just said, okay. okay. And then he said, quite frankly, I was happy he chose me and not the coaches. He didn't think anybody on the staff deserved to be fired. But Perry mm. said, this is the decision that I have to make. I have to do something. And really what it boiled down to, John, according to Joe, now Perry hasn't talked about it, but according to Joe, is it was a difference in philosophy. And there's a story that Joe shares about what Perry and Alex Taman, who's the assistant GM, what yeah. they did to him during a game back in May, and it had to do with Mike Trout coming out of the game. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah, it was uh, May 9th. Things kind of hit a boiling point, if you will. It said the Angels had just scored five runs in the seventh inning against the Rays and turned a 6-3 lead into an 11-3 blowout. Otani hits the grand slam. The dugout was lively. Suddenly, Mike Frosted the head athletic trainer, he came up to Joe Madden and said, hey, Perry just called down. He wants to get Trout out of the game. And you might be thinking, what in the world? Trout loves to play. But earlier in the day, Mike, Trout had complained about soreness. He had groin soreness. And if if you're Perry Manassian, 
you recognize that a year ago, you lost Mike Trout for 80% of the season. Yes. Because of a calf injury. Yes. A freak injury that nobody really saw coming. He was running from second to third and then just had to pull up and realize something was not right. Kept him out the rest of the season. So if Mike Trout tells you, hey, I'm dealing with this, but I can still play, I say pull him out of the game when it's 11-3. to three. Sure. You don't need Mike Trout in the 7th, 8th, ninth inning anymore. At that point, it's a defensive situation. But here's what Madden had to say. He told Perry that the GM calling down to the dugout is a huge no-no. Yeah. He broke a code, according to Joe Madden. Right. And he said... To dictate strategy to a manager, a proven veteran manager at that, Joe, Joe finished by saying, right now as a manager, you need to understand you're going to be controlled. He said, you really are going to be required to do what's asked to do exactly what the front office has to say and has you to do, but the trick would be to somehow build relationships. And, you know, they asked GM, PM, Perry Manassian about <laughs> this, and he said, Joe's trying to sell books, like you and I have said. He's trying to sell books. So it really stirred up a lot of conversation. One other note was Alex Taman had kind of a running data spreadsheet. Yes, on on the pitchers. Like 30-day performance for the bullpen. And it kind of indicated like, okay, how many days can this guy go? When are they at their best? And to me, people freak out about the A word, analytics. But the truth is, it's data. It's information. It's proven facts. The fact that... You might not send out Jimmy Herget three days in a row because if you do, he might struggle in that third day. Correct. That's a very basic example, but that's the kind of thing Alex Taman had going on. So that was another thing that kind of came to light. You know, we had heard bullpen, bullpen from Joe Madden. Yeah. And this seems to be more specific about that. So taking all that away, Michael, what are your initial thoughts about this? Doesn't this feel like you're watching Moneyball, but like 20 years later? I mean, this is this is the movie with Brad Pitt, right? And they're in the room, and they're talking about players that they need to get. And the old guy's saying, oh, he looks good. He he looks strong. He's got a good he's body. He's got a hot girlfriend. Yeah, right. I mean, confident. like, it's those types of things, right? And then, and then Brad is just shaking his head. He's Billy Bean in the movie, and he's just shaking his head. And he's saying, we can't keep doing the same thing. And that's what this feels like. And I know that Mm. there have been some Angel fans that are like, wait a second, GM shouldn't be calling down to the dugout. And wait a second, Joe Madden shouldn't be getting so upset about these things. He should listen to the analytics. I know that there are Angel fans on both sides. But, Johnny, my takeaway from this, first of all, is there's a lack of trust and confidence in your manager if you're calling down to the dugout to say, hey, let's take Mike Trout out, right? Hmm. You're not on the same page. If, if you're calling down to the dugout and you're saying, hey, let's get him out of the game, that to me feels like you're not confident that your manager is going to make the right decision with your star player, knowing that he's got a bit of tenderness and a, a bit of an issue. It, it, mm. it, feels, it feels very micromanaging. And it Mm. feels like you are overstepping. Like, Joe is your manager, and he's managing the game from the first inning to the ninth inning. You give him information before, and you give him information afterwards. I think you got to let Joe be Joe in in those nine innings and let him manage. If you don't, then you are actually going to, I think, irk Joe a bit. And it did, because... 
you got to let him do what he does best, and that's manage. If you don't like it, then address it after the game. This is that same analogy that you can use in any organization. Like you publicly praise each other, but you privately critique each other. I think as a GM manager relationship, don't call down and make decisions on what should or should not happen. Allow Mm -hmm. your manager to manage. So my initial takeaway is there's a lack of trust here, or there was a lack of trust between Perry and and Joe Madden. Okay, but you say privately criticize, publicly praise. If Joe Madden hadn't gone trying to sell books and run his mouth about this situation, <laughs> yes. we would have thought all along that Joe Madden decided to pull Mike Trout out of the seventh, eighth inning to keep him safe, keep him healthy. Yeah. Joe's the one who revealed this information. Sure. Joe's the one who went out there with it. Sure. And I know he doesn't have a job anymore, but that's the fact is, is he's the one who revealed this information and all along we would have thought, oh, Joe pulled him. But that's the thing, Mike, you have this investment in Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and how much trust did Perry Manassian put into Joe Madden to manage Otani and to know when to pull Otani and to know how long to let him go. Joe did a great job with that. And to me, that screams trust. To me, that screams he knows what he's doing. And of course, Otani is involved in that conversation as well. He knows his limits. He knows his limitations. But you know when Otani's out there, he wants to keep going. Oh, for right? sure. Oh, for and sure. And so, but when it comes to Mike Trout, like I said earlier, you lost the man to 80% of the season because of a freak injury. And who knows what's going to happen if you leave him out for those three more innings. And maybe Joe would have pulled him. We don't know. Yeah. But the fact is, I would feel a sense of urgency to say, hey, dude, we got to get Trout out of there because if he's playing hurt, one wrong move in the outfield and we lose him for 80% of the season. Yeah, but I think you just then actually undermined your point because your point was, yeah, he's been trusted with Otani, so why wouldn't why wouldn't Perry trust him with Trout? And, uh, and uh, hey, he's probably had a conversation with Trout. That's why Trout is still in the game. I think that mm-hmm. what happens there is he's he's overstepping. It's a conversation that has to happen after the game is over and saying, listen, bro, we we were very clear beforehand about where he was at, and, and I'm trusting that you're actually using this guy to his greatest gifting and ability, and you let him continue to stay out there. That can't happen again. And so I, I think what you've said is you make a good point. Yes, he trusted him with Otani. I think he's got to trust him here with Mike Trout as well. And if he's having conversations with Trout that Perry's not aware of in the dugout, mm-hmm. then you have to trust that what Joe is doing is actually really beneficial to Mike. I get that, but it's 11 to 3. Like he sure. should have been out of there a sure. lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. I just think the phone call it, the phone call shows a lack of trust and I think it goes back to something you and I've talked about pretty often on this show. He's not he's not Perry's guy. He's not the guy, right? And no. and so I don't that's the that's the thing I struggle with. Speaking of managers, I struggle with Phil Nevin. Is Phil Nevin going to be his guy? I get why he's there. We talked about all the reasons why this is a good move because the ownership is still kind of in flux, all of that stuff, but Man, I hope they're on the same page because if they're not on the same page, then Phil's going to write a book and it's not going to be as uh, as pretty as maybe this book is. It's probably going to be uglier and we can't have that. We need to win. We got to win right now. Title of the book, The Nevin Ending Story. <laughs> you heard it here first. Well, coming up on Locked On Angels, more incredible puns from John. And would the Angels be competitive in today's playoffs? One of us says yes, and the other says no. You can figure out who that is in just a few minutes. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis 
on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sporting wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, is Bet Online. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. We want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And now we have to talk about a subject that really plays into the the sale of the team and how much Artie has made over the years. And that's the fact that the season attendance numbers for 2022 at Angel Stadium, 2,457,461. First full season since 2002 that the Halos didn't get to 3 million fans. Now, that takes into account the fact that there were no fans in 2020. Yeah. And we had COVID restriction seating in the beginning of 21, about June is when they were back at full capacity right, again. Right, Man, I miss that COVID seating, dude. When you had like <laughs> I could sit by you and I could sit by my wife and, and then the I have person. nobody else. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to like touch leg hairs with the hairy guy sitting next to you. You know, I hate that feeling. Talk baseball with a guy that doesn't know anything about the Angels but thinks he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sit next to the host of Lockdown Angels and they won't shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> no, that's the thing is uh, I think that with the COVID season and then the 2021 COVID seeding, yeah. obviously that's the reason why they didn't make $3 million. So a full season, the first full season back at Angel Stadium was about half, a little over half a million less yeah. than they've made since 2002. So that's kind of a a alert, like a red sure, alert sure. in my eyes. What do you think? Yeah, I I think it's an indication that there is something there that need to, they need to pay attention to. Listen, I, I love this show. I love that we're on this show. I love that we can talk about the Angels. I love interacting with Locked On Angel fans. But the truth mm-hmm. is, when I had the opportunity to go to games, I went but I didn't actually decide that I was going to go on my own. I had a friend that said, mm-hmm. hey, we got some seats. Do you want to come? Absolutely. But my wife mm-hmm. and I talked often about like, hey, we have, we got to get a game in. And it was in the midst of the, the June and July debacle. And I was like, yeah. I just don't really want to go and watch that and, and, and right. have to sit through that. And maybe I'm a Fairweather fan. I don't think I am. But in those in, in June and July, I was like, I'm just not interested in sitting at the stadium and paying a you lot of I, money. You and I have been to plenty of bad games throughout the last 10 years. Yes. So I, 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 think yes. that, I think maybe 10, 10 years is like the breaking point for us. Or it's like, we've put these bad teams out at least for the last you know, six years right. since 2016. Right. And we're tired of it. We had to it, watch man. Steve so Ciszek. <laughs> yeah, Ciszek. And then you got no names in the outfield. You got Matt Joyce in left field yeah. and David DeJesus coming in halfway through the season, yeah. like way past his prime. I forgot about him. <laughs> the, the flying Hawaiian came in in 2015. Yep. Shane Victorino. It's just like, what are we doing, yeah. man? And, and, and so, you know, I don't want, I don't want to pay money to go watch Jose Rojas play third base. No. Right. No. And, and I think that I would take money uh, if somebody paid me to go watch him play sure. third base, I would still say, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that. But that's the thing, man, is just the product on the field has been so abysmal. Yep. And even with the losing streak, at least you still had 
Mike Trout and Jared Walsh and Shohei Otani and those guys out there. I know Rendon was hurt and, and right before the losing streak, so we didn't get to see him. Man, it was just so frustrating to lose like that. Yeah. But then you do lose Trout for a month. You lose Jared Walsh for the rest of the season. And there's no David Fletcher. And I know that these guys aren't the the superstars of the team, but if you're a fan of the Angels, you know David Fletcher. You know Jared sure. Walsh. You're you're not going out there to to watch uh, uh, Juan Lagares play right field. No. Like, good grief. <laughs> and so I, I really think that just their inability to have depth and put a good product on the field really hindered them this season. And, Mike, you and I wanted to consider the fact, is this like a reflection of, of a new normal. I hate that phrase because we've heard it over yeah, and over again right. for the last two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. But just considering, are people still being really cautious about going out? Are they trying to take care of themselves? Maybe they have a, a vulnerable family member so they don't go risking to a crowded baseball game, right? That sort of thing. I feel like that might have something to sure, do with it. Sure. But at the end of the day, I think it's the product on the field. But what what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I think most people f- probably fall into our category. I, I would be a part of the uh, half million that didn't show up if I actually showed mm-hmm. up to more than one game this year. Normally, I'll go to more mm-hmm. than one game. We're probably a five to ten game family. And so we'll show yeah, up same. and hang out. I think I went to one. Now, um, now that I'm looking back, I think it was just one, maybe two games, but I know I can think of one. I think one. it was a two. Was it two? Yeah. But I, I mean, I, yeah. we're more we're more involved in a regular season than we were this season. And so that was, I think, a big factor for us. And I think that's a big factor for a lot of people. And yeah, there are people mm-hmm. that are being very cautious and wanting to protect their family. And that's totally understandable. But I don't think yeah. that this is a new normal. I think it is an indication that the Halos really struggled with putting on a good show for us, especially mm-hmm, during the, mm-hmm. the June and July months. And you're right. I don't want to go see Jose Rojas or Jonathan VR. I don't want to go see those guys play. I- VR. That's who I was trying to think <laughs> yeah. of, but I blocked him from my memory. Yeah. And, and you got to think about how successful San Diego has been yep. and how well they're doing at Petco park. Obviously the Dodgers don't have any problem getting people to the stadium. Right. So I'm just thinking like SoCal teams. And then you look at, at Oakland and an owner who refuses to pay for the good players that they have on the team. I saw all the cases that are up for arbitration for the A's and five or six of them probably won't be back because yeah. they don't want to pony up the money. I like Tony Kemp tops the list at like three and a half million is like his projected salary. Break and people bank. are like, are they going to keep it? Yeah. At three and a half. Cause it's just like insane that their owner will not spend money. So you saw the effects of that. So again, I stand by Oakland fans and I, in that, I feel bad for them for having an owner who won't spend money at all. I know that we get mad at Artie for spending money in the wrong direction. John Fisher won't spend money at all. And you saw the results of that, certainly in that last series against the A's. There was not a lot of people in the stands for the last three games of the season, even with Otani on the mound, which is a huge draw. But that had more to do with us than the A's. So, yeah, really, I think just putting bad product on the field is going to result in lower attendance. And I know it's not going to be Artie's problem here soon, but I don't think you want to do anything that's going to ruin your chances of selling this team at a high price tag. And and to have that $3 million record a year uh, bullet point on your, here's why you should buy the Angels, and if that drops, whew, that that's a problem for the, Artie and the next owner but I do have confidence that the next owner will be able to to up that attendance number for sure. 
Johnny, it's October, and we are not in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I hate to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, I know. I'm bringing know, it up again. But as we watched the playoffs this last weekend, there was a, a bit of a debate between you and I off air that we want to bring on air. And mm-hmm. the question we were wrestling with is, hey, do you think the Angels would have actually been competitive in these games? And so mm-hmm. I've decided that I'm going to take the yes side, and you've decided you're going to take the no side. So sure. here's why I think they would be competitive. Hit me. Because these games are close, man. And oh. hitting, hitting, especially in that Guardians-Rays series... Hitting was at a minimum, and if there's a team that will hit at a minimum, it's the Halos, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and the, the other thing that I really appreciated about that series in particular was the starting pitching was solid, and our Angel starting pitching was actually really solid this year. Ironically, mm-hmm. it's been the Achilles heel for us for so many years, and now... Yeah. It was actually a strength of ours. And so as I watched these playoff series this last weekend, I thought, man, if the Halos were in there and they had a healthy Rendon back and a healthy Fletcher back, I think they would have been really, really competitive. And another reason why I believe that is if the games did go to extra innings, there's no ghost runner. There's no Manfred runner. And the Angels, oh my gosh, the Angels, how many games did they lose because of the Rob Manfred runner? And so yeah. when I saw that, I was like, oh, if we were in the playoffs, we would be so competitive right now. And so that's why I lean more in the yes direction. I think because our starters would keep us in the game. And I think that we would figure out with Phil Nevin how to play some small ball and score some runs. And we wouldn't have that stupid, stupid should never even be on the field ghost runner that would actually hurt us because it did all season long. So I'm going to fall in the yes category and you fall in the no category. Tell us why. Here's why I think I fall on the no side. You said hitting at a minimum because these games were so close. Well, I think if you look at it at a different way, hitting came at a premium this past weekend. Okay. And because it came at a premium, because we had games go 15 innings. That's <laughs> yeah. another note is I'm so glad it wasn't us going 15 in- innings because if anybody was going to do that, it was going to be the Angels yes. in the play- in the postseason going <laughs> and then 15 lose. innings. And then yeah. lose. No, hitting came at a premium, and that's yep. a good example of it. Yep. And Mike, the last three games of the series were close games against the A's, and we could not score. We could not yeah. get a strong lead. It was one run games pretty much the whole time and man it was just so frustrating to watch the bats go cold and the best pitchers show up in the league in the postseason we know that yep and then they ramp it up because they're amped up they're psyched up they come out there throwing their best stuff unless you're Max Scherzer but if Scherzer had pitched (laughs) against us it would have been a different kind of ball game I'm sure it would have right but that's the thing is the best pitching shows up in the postseason, and I don't think the way that the Angels ended this season was a good indication of how they would perform in these playoffs. And then the bullpen is just not quite there yet. Yeah, I think that when you look at good World Series teams, playoff teams, they rely on their bullpen so heavily. And yeah, we have some good pieces there and good pieces that will be helpful down the road. But if you sent Aaron Loop into a playoff game, he would be the opposite of amped up. He would mm. be feeding sideways cookies with his left hand into the, <laughs> the hitter. And 
<laughs> Man, I just do not think that the bullpen would be ready to keep it close or hold a lead if the Angels were in the playoffs. And then I think about that Guardians and Rays series. The starters went seven innings pitched, and the bullpens held the game close. Yeah, and they did. Again, we saw the result of that, 15 innings. And it's just crazy to me that it went that long and that there were that many arms available to these teams and able to go those multiple innings. Because really, there's a few people you can count on. You can count on our starters, other than Otani, who could go a complete game. And of course, we've seen Sandoval and Suarez have complete games. But toward the end of the season, they were going about five innings each. Not Otani. I know he did that in his last start because because of the blister. But everybody was going about five innings pitched. And then the bullpen come in. You'd see her get in there for two innings. And Jaime Maria would have to get two innings to get over. So there's like a handful of guys that could really do that. But I just don't think the bullpen was anywhere near ready to be competitive. And perhaps if Archie Bradley was healthy, perhaps if we had Chris Rodriguez able to come out of the bullpen once his issues are worked out, there's there's people on the roster, but I don't think that they would have been ready for the playoffs. I know Bradley's a free agent now. We still have Aaron Lou, Brian Tapera, but we do have some arms like Austin Warren and Andrew Wance, who, you know, Warren's got to come back to the major league roster. Andrew Wance has had kind of a breakthrough this season. So I don't think we're too far away from having a good bullpen, but you know what we're missing? A closer. Yeah. We have no closer. Yeah. Nobody that you can count on to have a lockdown ninth inning. So that's the reason why I think the Angels wouldn't have had success so far okay. in the playoffs. Okay. But I think the big takeaway from both of us here, Mike, yeah, is yeah. that... Here's the middle ground. Say it. <laughs> it would have been nice to be in the playoffs. It <laughs> yes. would have been nice to actually get there. I like when you get feisty. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast with MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. He is covering all of the playoffs and is doing an incredible job. You can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the number one daily Angels baseball podcast, Locked on Angels, at Locked on Angels on Twitter. And of course, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. So be sure to give us a follow wherever you prefer your social media, whether that's Instagram, Twitter, we're there for you. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? So how will the pitch clock affect Angel pitchers next season? And how especially will it affect Shohei Otani? Well, John and I are going to share what we found out from Matt Wise. That's tomorrow on Locked On Angels. Looking forward to that conversation. And we hope that you'll join us again. Thank you for being here with us. Until tomorrow's show, my name is John and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother John. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Angels. And we will see you tomorrow.